Blog Talk Radio. Broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia, this is The Bright Side with Technisha. A daily broadcast on real-life issues that will keep you motivated. And now, here's your host, Technisha. Good afternoon, everyone. Today is June 26, 2014, and how are you doing today? Welcome to all for tuning in to another episode of The Bright Side with Technisha, and I am your host, Technisha. I appreciate your feedback sometimes on my Facebook fan page, and you don't always have to comment. Your feedback comes through my through the likes when you post all my comments and stuff, so I appreciate that a little bit that you do. And for listening to my show, when you don't have time to listen to it right now, you go back and you listen to the archives. So every little bit counts. Um, Always, like I said, since this is Black Music Month, we're playing whatever that you could possibly think of from jazz, rap, pop, blues, cabaret, you name it, we're going to play it. If you have any special requests, please do call in at 347-426-3751. Well, we're going to get this show on the road because I do not want to hold you up. Today with me is a special, as always, is always a special guest, uh, but this guest is an author, speaker, and life success coach, and known as your personal power coach. She trains young, urban, forward-thinking adults, and aspiring conscious creators to play powerfully in the game of life by teaching the inner game of success driven by what she calls the power principles. She is also the founder of the Power Players Club, not the Players Club movie, no, not that one, the, <laughs> the Power Players Club, the premier coaching empowerment club for urban forward-thinking adults like us. So we're going to give our warm welcome to Dre Cleveland today. Dre, how are you doing today? How are you? I'm Awesome. I'm doing wonderful. I'm glad that you're on the show to speak with us. I know a lot of people probably were thinking of the Players Club, but um, that's not what it's. <laughs> that is not exactly what it was. <laughs> so, uh, before we get into the Powers Player Club, Drake, give us a little detail about your background. Um, well, I actually started my career right now. I am a professional life coach. Um, okay. And I'm also a speaker and a trainer, but I started my career actually as a public school teacher. Um, So the majority of my experience in, uh, well, the majority of my career has been in education. So from kids from pre-K all the way to high school at this point. Um, And then I transitioned when I had my son from teaching uh, school to becoming a coach, and that was just because I had so much of my own experiences that I I galvanized and used to move myself forward in my life. I had friends and, you know, colleagues and people who would always come to me and ask me, you know, for my advice or, you know, what I think they should do in certain situations, and it kind of just turned into that. So because I didn't even actually know what a coach was, I was just doing that. You know, all of us have our gifts. And we have those things that we share naturally with the world, and we don't even realize that we're doing it because it's so natural to us. Um, Right. And then I decided to write a book because I had so many people asking me, um, and I wrote my first book, which was called God is a Woman, 
Seven Keys to Self-Love and Empowerment for Women. Um, and I had actually asked someone to write, like, a little blurb. You know, people have the blurbs on the back of the book, like, this is a great book, you should read it. Um, and that person happened to be a life coach. And then she said, you know, you should be a life coach because you're already doing it and said you could get paid for it. I was like, what? I was like, people actually do that for a living and people pay them? So it was an amazing discovery. And from that conversation kind of like changed my entire trajectory and the way um, my career went. Right. Dre, how old is your son? He's eight now. Oh, he's the same age as my twin girls. Uh-huh. We, can, Dre, we can always we can always make a trade, Dre, if you want to. <laughs> I know that's right. I don't know. You trade with me, you might give them back. <laughs> right. That's what I said. Nobody don't have to worry about kidnapping Mac. They'll tell me to keep them. Ma'am, don't you ever don't you ever put them back outside? <laughs> exactly. They be going every day off in summer school, but Friday's their last day, so they back with me getting on my nerves. <laughs> but I love them. So, Dre, what does it really take to be a life coach? What skills do you have to acquire? Well, um, what I would tell people as far as what it takes to be a life coach, I happen to be a certified life coach, which means that I went through a training program uh, for coaching uh, but there are people who don't go through training pro- programs. It just means that you have gotten really good at a certain thing and you can teach other people how to do it. Um, so what I would say, I would encourage people to uh, get certified because there are certain skills that you can acquire from actually going through a training program, um, like great listening skills, which is something that, you know, we all can benefit from. Uh and really being able to be present with people when when you're communicating with them. Uh, but mostly a great coach, or to be a great coach, it just takes your willingness and your passion, your drive to commit to other people's lives and help them to be the best that they could be in whatever it is that you're sharing with them. Right. Now, with this, I love... I just love the concept of just even the name, the Power Player Club. So how was the concept born of this? Um, well, like you said, it's definitely not the Players Club from the movies, and I had to laugh at that. <laughs> I had to laugh at that because that happened all the time. Like I was like, that was not the first time <laughs> that I have heard that. Um, but it actually uh, started from a project that I did um, a while back uh, where – we had just had a group of people come together to raise money for the kids at Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center in in New York City. Um, and we raised over $800 for the kids, and it was just, you know, a group of forward-thinking uh, young urban adults, and I say young meaning, you know, like ourselves, somewhere, you know, from the 20s up. I think everybody's young. You're only as young as you feel. But, um it was a lot of different people coming together to make that happen, and we just made a really powerful impact on the lives of the kids at the center. Um, and from that, I just thought to myself, you know, I really love coaching, and usually I was doing one-on-one coaching, but I was saying to myself, I really love coaching, but I would love to do this on a group level. 
where, you know, people can communicate with each other. We can help lift each other up. It's not just, you know, me, um, I guess, telling people. I don't even want to say telling people what to do because that's not what coaches do. But not me just being the person that's inspiring people, but creating a group of people that help keep each other accountable and are moving toward the same goal, which is being powerful in their life. So that's how we came up with the concept of the Power Players Club. Okay. Now, now what actually, with your book, because it's, it's an awesome book, and I love it, and I hope everybody do go out and get it. It's, you, will, you won't actually, you will not regret it if you go out and, and get this book today. It's, it's wonderful. Dre, can you tell people, I don't want to wait probably to the end, but how they can actually go out and get your book. It's called The, Play, it's called the Power Player's Guide to Plan Powerfully in the Game of Life. Yes, and absolutely. she has one for kids, too. <laughs> That's right. And actually, that one just came out a couple of months ago, um, and we're creating a tour around that um, coming this, this next school year to help train younger kids on how to be powerful in the game of life. So but I appreciate you saying that, and I'm glad you got a chance to read it and uh, see what it has to offer. And people can get it. Basically, anywhere books are sold online, so Barnes and Nobles, Amazon, um, CreateSpace.com. I know most people are familiar with Barnes and Nobles and Amazon, so we'll just say, look it up on Barnes and Nobles and Amazon. <laughs> right. Now, why do you feel? Why should people really be interested in what you do, Dre? Would this help open up their minds to be more? powerful out here in this crucial world. Absolutely. Absolutely, Tanisha, because, well, what I say is that what it will do is it will take you out of the stands of life and put you on the court and have you playing the game of life. Because what I always say is that life is kind of like a, a basketball game in a stadium. I love basketball. It's my favorite game. In all honesty, nothing about the Power Players Club has anything to do with basketball except for the overall concept of what I'm about to explain to you now because it's so important, I think, for people to really see how life tends to play out for us. Because you know when you're in a basketball game or you've seen a basketball game on TV or any sport, really, um, and most of the people that are in the arena are in the stands. They're the people that are watching the game. They're the people that are, you know, cheering or booing, shouting, pointing, commenting, you know, doing whatever they do. But at the end of the day, it's more of a passive way to be. You know, they have no effect on what actually goes on in the game. They're just there to watch. And for many of us, for most of us, we live our lives like that. It's pretty much an automatic. Things happen in our lives, and then all we do is, comment about it, complain about it, or be excited about it. Whatever happens, it's always happening to us. We're never the ones, or we're usually not the ones that are saying, I don't like the way this is going, and I'm going to create something different out of this situation. It just goes the way it goes, and we react to it. So to why, me, that's like, that, mm-hmm, go ahead. And I was going to say, right, because that's what you actually explained in your book. When you was growing up, you was always the quiet one. I, I relate to that because that's how I was quiet one. I always got picked on, stood on the sideline, never was able to speak up for myself until I got older. Then I was like, I'm here. 
you're going to pay it. You're going to actually pay attention to me and listen to what I have to say. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. So, you know, and and it it manifests itself in so many different ways in our lives. It could be even something as simple as, you know, your relationships to people and the way that you – are in certain relationships, people treat you certain ways, and then you can go your whole entire life with the same group of people, and they see you a certain way because that's just the way you've always been with those people, you know, and then you kind of think of yourself as, well, this is who I am because this is who I've always been, and so this is how people relate to me because this is who I am. So um, that is that is mostly what what that's about. And then what I do is I train people to be the people who are on the court playing the game. So they're the ones who are making the shots. They're the ones who are calling what's going to happen in the game. They're the ones that's making it happen. They're the ones who everybody else is watching. They're the ones who say whether or not the game is going to be successful or not. So that's, that's really what the power principles are for. And that's what the, that's what the game is about. Now, as you mentioned, Dre, the five power principles, and these will give you direct access to the things that most of the people want in their life, being spiritual, being happy, just being all the way around, just feeling good about yourself. What are those five power principles that they can live off of? Okay, well, the power principles themselves actually are pretty easy to remember because they all start with the letters of power. Um, Each one of them stands for one of the letters so that you don't forget them. It's easy for you. The P is perception is key. Um, And I'm going to tell you a little bit more about each one as I go. But, um, yeah, the P is perception is key. The O is open up to clear and active communication. The W is witness yourself as a responsible person. The E is energize your commitment, and the R is relate to the world with gratitude. So those are all of the principles in a nutshell. Okay. And each one. Now, if we follow these guidelines to to the max, or we will be able to live at just that level that we want to live at and we follow these rules precisely. Absolutely, because at the end of the day, every single one of those principles has their own power to just change the way that you look at your life, the way that you see your life, the way how you interact with your life. So even if you just took one and committed to that one principle and let it work in your life, you'll see outstanding results. Like we have people uh, – in our club who have created full businesses and found themselves on television already within a year. Um, One, she came in just worried about how she's going to just publish one book. She has three now. It's been uh, two years, maybe three, two and a half years, you know, since she's been around. But now she has three books published, and she came in concerned about publishing just one book. You know, and then you have people who just in their personal life, just changing their relationship with certain people who have been important to them and just having, experiencing a a totally different relationship with them where they thought that the way that it was was the way it was always going to be. 
So there's there's so many different examples of how you could apply them, you know. And I'll definitely share. You know, you could you could tell me which ones you liked best in the book, and I'll share a little bit more about that for your audience so they could get a a glimpse of how those principles would work for them. I think I like W. Witness yourself as a responsible person because a lot of times we don't like to take the blame for anything and. This is what really gets me a lot of times, and I have discussed this on my show. We always say it's God's will. we rather say that instead of taking the blame for who it is. It's not always God's will. We can't always put the blame to the left field. we got to do it for ourselves. So I definitely love that one. Absolutely, and I love the way you said that because as soon as you said that, my, my brain went, no, it's, it's not God's will. God, God gives us our will and just exactly what you said like we are so good at putting the blame to anyway even if it's to the lord you mm-hmm. want to say well <laughs> you know like it, it, it it's not me it was it was the lord like no the lord helped you get yourself wherever you're at and if you could open your eyes a little bit more then you can get yourself out of whatever it is you're in or if there was a certain right. um a certain result that you expected to get you can still get that it's not to say, oh, well, it just wasn't It just wasn't meant. God didn't want that for me. No, if God put it in your heart, then God wants you to have it and gave you the will to be able to execute on it. So that particular um, principle is actually very important. I'm, I'm glad you picked that one, actually, um, because I, it's a very simple principle to understand. It's just not that easy in practice because – it's not even about um, being willing to blame yourself for anything. It's just being willing to be responsible for it. And it helps people heal so many things, including when they've been abused in their lives, when, you know, things have happened to them that are not necessarily something that you would say you welcomed on your own, you know, because, no, you aren't the blame for those things. You aren't the blame for a lot of things. But what you can say is I may not have been able to control the way this happened, but I get to control the way it continues, and I get to decide what's going to happen next. I get to decide how I feel about it. And the way you feel about it, the way you decide to perceive any certain situation determines everything about the way that it goes after that. So, right. It's, it's really about just taking – I always say it's like the, the keys to a car. And whatever situations you're going through are like the other person in the car. So you could either give the keys to the situation and let them drive. And if you let them drive and they go off a cliff, you got to go with them because you're in the car with them. But if you decide you're going to be responsible and no matter what happens, you're going to be the person who's driving, then you get to take the car wherever you want to go. And there's nobody can stop you from going where you say you're going to go. So really taking taking responsibility for your life is just like that. It's saying no one else is responsible for whatever happened to me except me. It takes the blame off of everybody. Even when, granted, there's people who, you know, in, in quote-unquote real life, they should be blamed for things. They did it. They definitely did that. <laughs> there's no saying that, you know. But Smart. things are things are what they are, and then on a deeper level, we all always play a part in everything. It always takes two to tango, you know. And on, for some things, it's a lot harder to understand that concept. For them, some things, it's pretty easy and in your face. But at the end of the day, we all are players on this checkerboard, and we're all players on the Smart. stage of life. And there's always, you know, everything interacts with each other. There's never something that only just happens. 
and it's a mystery. You know, you have to look a little bit deeper to see where it's connected, but it, it's never just something happened to me. You know, you, we as people in general, and especially us in our community, we have to, we've had a history of um, being taught that we were the um, receivers of punishment, so to speak. Um, so we don't, we don't learn very well that, you know, we get to decide the way that life is going to happen. We're still the receivers of what life has to offer. We just kind of take it and decide it's because we're black <laughs> or it's because whatever and just complain about it. Right. And, and that's why, and that's why I ended up choosing that one. Cause to me, you feel more. When, when you take responsibility for your life, you can experience that joy and control of circumstances. You're able to make them choice because then you understand that you're responsible for whatever choice that you actually made. But, but like you said in the beginning, there are just so many people who don't want to take that blame. They rather every problem is explained away with reason about why you can't affect the situation or the outcome. You. You you just don't want to take that responsibility for what is happening in your own work and life, and and that's just not cool. It's it's not. Everybody's looking for somebody else to blame, point that gun somewhere else, and they don't want to do it. Or we just say, like we said at the beginning, Dre, God's will. No, mm mm. You got to listen to a little voice in your head. You got to eliminate all the excuses. Put it on a back track somewhere. Exactly. Exactly. And and just get it done. If it's something that's supposed to be done, like I said, God doesn't give you any idea or any notion of anything that you can't achieve. So if it's in your head to do it and it's, it's in your spirit to do it, then you will be led to the way, you know, but it, it first takes you saying, I'm going to be responsible for this and it's going to happen no matter what. That's when the doors start opening. That's when you start seeing that magic happen. And I know, you know, sometimes we're not aware of it, but I know we all had the experiences. We've all witnessed it on some level that when you say something's going to happen, all of a sudden the things start moving into place without you even doing anything really, you know, start moving into place for those things to come to fruition. That's like, that's God working, you know, but it's because you declared it's because you said it's going to be. And that's what makes the difference. But that can't happen if you're in a passive state, if you're just, if you're watching, if you're just saying, well, this is what happened. Oh, well. You know, it just, it, it doesn't work that way. I remember, matter of fact, funny funny enough, it's mm-hmm. very close to me when I first decided that I wasn't going to be a teacher anymore. You know, I got all the hell in the world from the people that were the closest to me because I just had, a, had my son at that time. And, you know, they were like, are you crazy? Like, you, you want to stop doing this and have your own business? Do you know how hard that is? You have a new baby. You got benefits right now. You have... All of this stuff, you know, like basically everything laid out for you. And right now is when you want to not do this and just start something that you really have no idea about or what to do. And I was like, yeah, (laughs) that's exactly what I want to do. But they they couldn't understand that from me. But what I did was... I just decided that that's what exactly was going to happen. Like there was no, like I had, I had no doubt in my mind that what was going to happen was going to happen. 
I didn't know how, you know, much work it would take. I didn't know how many years it could be. I didn't know any of those things. But I was sure that the way that I was doing or the way that I was going was the right way for me. With all of the naysayers and all of the things around that could possibly be a distraction. And all of a sudden, you know, like I really just started seeing those things fall into place. Like people calling me to, to speak places. They didn't know I was a speaker. I actually wasn't even a speaker yet. You think about it, you know, it was like those things, those opportunities, like opportunities for some of the schools that I work in right now where I have my own programs in, you know, I went from getting small contracts to getting huge contracts without any real difference in in the work. It was just the focus on I'm going to make this happen. I have to make a living for myself. I'm going to make it happen. I didn't do anything special. It's just the things, the pieces started falling into place because I said so. And that's one thing that people have to understand about taking responsibility for things. And actually even that goes into one of the other principles, um, opening up to clear and active communication. I don't know if you remember that one. I was thinking when you first were saying that people didn't believe you, that that you got a child, I was thinking of energizing your commitment uh, when Mm -hmm. you were saying that. And especially in the part of your book, sometimes we – when we speak of certain things, we could cause our own downfall. We we cause we do that. Oh, I don't have this type of money, as you mentioned in there. Oh, I'm scarce. Oh, I can't do extra because I have bills to pay, and I'm one of those kinds, and I do like that. I have to remember I will always live into where I speak into my life, and mm-hmm. and I have Stop doing that because I am. I'm, I'm a concept of this book right here so, whatsoever. I will speak that I don't have enough money. I'm scarce. I just came off vacation. I got to pay these bills, so what am I going to do? Do I want to just sit down in misery? No, I do want to enjoy my life, but that's hard, Dre. How can mm-hmm. how can one enjoy their life if you know that you got the bills to pay? Oh, it's just so It's just so much piled up. Yeah, and you're right. It it really is difficult. Well, I want to say it's difficult. It can it can feel difficult. Let's say that it's not it's not intrinsically difficult. And see, the reason why I want to say that is because we have to be careful the way we speak. We're talking about that right now, right? Um, energizing yeah. your commitments, and even the one that I mentioned, which is opening up to clear and active communication. We got to be clear with the communication that we send out into the world and that we send to ourselves. Because if we say something is difficult, then it is. You know, and it's really not. Like, it's it's actually nothing. It's just a word that we use to describe certain things, and you've decided to attach it to that, you know, regarding money. All right, well, that's not necessarily true. It's just been true for you for a while. So one thing that we have to do to clear up our communication in general is to speak the way that we expect the world to behave. I'll say that again. We, We have to train ourselves to speak the way we want the world to behave. Okay. So what that means is that when, like you said, you say all the time that, you know, you think it's difficult or you think, um, you know, making money is difficult or it's hard or it's not something that um, can easily be come, come by. So, yes, ma'am. Right? So. Yes. Um, so being that we say those things, those are the things that you are 
bringing into the world. So instead of saying that, what I would recommend is saying, you know, money comes quickly to me. It's okay. There's always more. This is a world of abundance, and whatever I need will be given to me, period. You know, and sometimes that might feel, that might not feel like something that really works for you. Or, you know, like you say things, you're like, yeah, that's not really true. You know what I mean? Like your insides right. know kind of when, you, when you're lying to yourself. You know, but it's not about lying. It's just about retraining yourself. Because the only reason why it feels that way is because you don't really believe it. So you could do a real good check for yourself on what you actually believe about life or what you actually believe about money in this particular case. Um, and just start to use those particular types of mantras and keep repeating them to yourself. And then look for evidence in your life that that's really the case, that that's really true, because you'll see it. Like, if you're looking for it, you'll see it. One of the main things that I talk about with um, opening up the clearance and active communication is that what you focus on expands, right? So just like you ever had, like, a favorite car that, you know, you, you only saw that car on TV, and then all of a sudden, now that you saw the car on TV, you see it everywhere, you know, or you just start talking about something. It's like, man, I never saw this before, now I see it everywhere. It's not because right. it wasn't there. It's just because you weren't focused on it, you know. So it's the same thing here. So if you're changing your focus and you're saying, you know, there's abundance all around me, I always have enough money, you know, and you start looking for those places in your life where that's actually true, then you start to believe it more. And soon it really becomes a belief to you and it no longer feels like a lie. You weren't lying the whole time. It's just that you weren't looking for the signs of what you're, what you're saying. Now you were focused on what you already see. Right, so right, yes. that's definitely that's definitely something that helps me, and that's something that I train the power players to do uh, very much. Like for instance, one of the things that we were um, doing this year was focusing on our power word. When the year first started, we were talking about what is your your power word, and your power word would be a word that. If you looked at your life so far, if you added this word or you focused on this particular thing in your life for this year, it would make the difference in how your life moved for you. And my my word was team because I was like, you know, over the last couple of years, and especially since I started my business, I've been doing it alone. And I have no idea how I had this. Well, I do know the idea of how I had the success I've had. I just told you. It's just speaking it into existence. But I've been very successful doing this really on my own with no assistant, no nothing, just me doing everything. And, you know, that's, like, not easy all the time. You know, you're supposed to be the speaker, the coach, all of that, and you're the administrative assistant, and, you know, you're doing everything else under the sun. That's not easy, you know. And I was like, wow, what would be the difference if I actually started to create a team? So I started focusing on team and what team meant and what team could look like. You know, and just marveling in that, using my imagination, you know, the thing that they take away from kids at school. I won't get into that. That's another conversation, Technicia. But, <laughs> right. you know, just, just reveling in that, like, what would it be like to have a team? And then I started thinking, I was like, you know what? I need a team in all areas of my life, you know, because I was thinking of homeschooling my son, which that's now happening. Um, and, you know, just even inviting a, a healthy relationship into my life, which I didn't have. Basically, I did a lot of things alone until I started focusing on the word team. And as I started focusing on that, I met a guy just out the clear blue sky who worked at Berkeley. He was like, yeah, I'm the person who 
Texas internships. I have a great assistant that's who was corresponding with you, <laughs> you know. And but I didn't look for it. It just just all of a sudden like, oh, shoot, here you are, <laughs> you know. Like when I started thinking, this is what I need to focus on. And she came out the clear blue sky with another um, person all the way in Kenya, you know. That's great. That's helping with administrative things, you know. And then I just have like the greatest boyfriend who's like my twin. Literally, which is a little scary, but he only came once I started focusing on that particular thing, like what does team look like? Oh, All right. of those things started coming to me when I started looking for that. So what I would suggest is if you are having a trouble with, with abundance, because that's really all it is. It's just a matter of abundance, because money is nothing but a figment of that particular um, concept, abundance. You know, if you truly believe that the world is, is your oyster and everything and anything is available to you, then that includes money. Money's no different. It's just paper. <laughs> you know, you really think about it, you know, because what's the difference between, like, when I started, like I said, I get a $1,000 contract from a school and now twenty twenty, I mean, 20000 $25,000 contracts out of school. What's the difference? It just It's just numbers, but it's your belief. That makes the difference. Do you believe that you can have that? There's abundance everywhere. Of course I can. I'm great at what I do. You're great at what you do. Why can't you get paid for it? Right. You know, so it's more. Go ahead. Right, and I was going to say, I I think it's just also common in believing sometimes, even though I know I believe in God, um, Dre, but sometimes I guess I'll be doubtful, and that's not what you are supposed to do. Um, because I feel that you can accomplish only by what the Bible calls um, renewing the mind. And I think you can find that in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. It, and it's not a sudden transformation, but it's a lifelong process. And like you said, we set ourselves up, but we we forget that God has all the power. He He gives his spirit to lead us through a process that produces this real healing and this lasting change. And, and, and this, and I guess sometimes our doubts triggers this negative thought pattern. But mm-hmm. abundance does come from the Lord. When, when you believe in him, you don't have to be thirsty. You don't have to want for nothing. But I think we sometimes we get sidetracked, and that's what I need to do too. I need to get back on the spiritual path so I can, so I can get rid of all these negative thoughts out, out of my pattern. Right. Absolutely. And I think that that does have a lot to do with energizing your commitment, you know, the things that you decide that you're going to focus on, mostly honoring your word. Because I think that's where I I feel like that's where you were going with that when you said that's the one that you thought of, um, about speaking the things that you want, but also honoring your word. When you say this is what you're going to do, then you follow up and you do that and you be on that path because that's the only way you're going to see anything happening anyway. And it's not just through um, just doing certain actions. Like a lot of people are very confused about that. You know, actually most people are confused about that. We think, you know, actions mean um, do the things that are going to get you to a certain goal. Yes, to an extent, but that's not really what it means. What it means is follow the inspired action that's brought to you when you have made a declaration that you are going to be or do or have certain things in your life. Because you, you know how it feels when 
when you say, you know, I am going to do something, and then some all of a sudden is like a stirring in your soul, and it's like you got to go do that now. That's the thing you got to go do. Go take that class. Go follow that guy. Go, you know, like sit next to him. You know, like, like certain things that's just, it doesn't feel like an action step. Or something that, right. you know, it's like, okay, you got to go to college, then you got to, you know, go apply for this job. And then, yeah, okay, you got to do certain things to get certain places great. You know, there's certain action steps that you take. But it's those things that's like a stirring in you that's moving you and say, you got to go do that right now. Those are the actions that make the difference because they're the ones. Matter of fact, so funny, this is great. This is a perfect example because I was at a graduation just a little while ago. So if you hear a little bit of noise and I sound distracted, that's because some of the people keep coming in the room that I'm in (laughs) right now. Um, But long story short, one of the schools that I work in, I was helping them create the kids, um, created their own um, mantra for their school. Basically, it's citizenship, pride, and respect. You know, that's what their whole school is now based on. That's what I helped them do in their school, right? So, you know, we decided that they were going to try to create a National Citizenship Pride and Respect Day. And I told them, you know, we're going to actually try to get this passed in our assembly. Wouldn't it be great if you guys could really have a day, just like we have Valentine's Day, we have Flag Day. You know, we have all these things. Like, how do you think they got there? You know, like they, they didn't just kind of show up. Like, people, there's a process. You know, and I said, well, we're going to do this, and we're going to be able to have this. So by next year, when you have your um, National CPR Day, that's what they call it, you know, the initials of Citizenship, Pride, and Respect, when you have your National CPR Day, it really will be a holiday. And it was like, yeah, that's great. And all the, you know, everybody's excited about it. Now, in my head, I was like, now how in the world am I going to do this? I don't know. Well, today, I was at the graduation. Some just told me to sit next to that guy. You know who the guy was? He's an assembly person from this particular district where this school is at. And he told me when school year starts, get everything together and then have them come, have him come to the school. He's going to talk to the kids and then he's going to bring us up to Albany where they will do a resolution for that when January comes, when they get back in session. How in the world would I know that that's who that guy is? There is no way you would just know that. You just have to, you follow. It was an action that was like out of the 800 seats that's in this entire auditorium, sit next to that guy, talk to him, introduce yourself. You know, like stuff like that happens all the time, but those are the actions that you have to be committed to. You got to listen, pay attention to what yourself is saying, because that's really just God's voice talking to you and telling you, this is the path you said you want to be on. Well, here goes the pieces. Just connect them. You know, and right. like you said, you you can't be afraid. Mm-mm. You can't. You, can't you gotta open. You gotta open. Exactly. Sometimes we fail to want to listen to that voice, but God only gonna knock for so long. You're not gonna keep knocking at your door, okay? I I knocked for at least this amount of time, so you're not gonna still open. So I got to move on. Right. <laughs> or at least, and here's another perspective. I I think God is always talking to you, is whether or not you want to answer the door. So if you're just going to act like you don't hear it, it might sound a little bit lower next time. It might sound a little right. lower next time. But as soon as you decide to open back up your ears, the knocking's going to happen again. It's never going to go away. It's just a matter of are you ready to hear it. Right. you got to open up your ears. That's part of what we were talking about before with being responsible, you being 100% responsible for the way it's going to happen. Either it's going to be an excuse or it's going to happen. 
And when you decide it's going to happen, all of a sudden they're knocking louder. And then you can open up the door. You know, but if exactly. we see it as if we see it as he's just going to stop knocking, then now where's your power? Because now what you just said is that my shit passed. It's too late now. I can't do it. And that's not right. As soon as you decide that it's going to happen, there goes the knocking again. There go the pieces again. If you're paying attention, that's the difference. Right. And you never know who he might send to your door. It could be a homeless person. It could be an animal. Yes, an animal. It could it could be a bird or whoever. He'll send anything in the form of an angel to come to you just to deliver that message. But you got to be willing not to want to turn that cheek the other way. But what we're going to do, we're going to end up taking a short commercial break, and we're going to come back with Dre Cleveland because this is powerful. We're getting we're playing the game. We learn how to play the game. You better come on. This is the Power Players Club, baby, up in here on Blog Talk Radio on the Bright Side with Technicia. So stay tuned. If you feel like calling in, do so at 347-426-3751, and we'll be right back after this. Unexpected reactions to smart financial decisions brought to you by FeedThePig.org. Well, I finally did it. I opened a 401K. So you're giving up. Just I'm like sorry, that. It's a Giving up I'm on what? A, I'm on a I'm radio. Inheritance from a distant me, relative. I apologize. Don't I really you think if hear. there were a billionaire in the family, we'd know about it by now? Listen to me. We are one phone call away from riding horses on our own private polo ground. One call from christening yachts, having a butler, using summer as a verb. How do you figure? Look, everyone's got a rich uncle somewhere. It's statistics. So the best thing you can do is just prepare for the inevitable. Right, which is why I thought maybe it would be smart to take control of my finances. You know, start using a budget, get out of debt, set some retirement goals. Budgets? Debt? You watch your mouth. Retirement shouldn't be a goal for us. It should be a way of life. When it comes to financial stability, don't get left behind. Get tools and tips for saving at feedthepig.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. Unexpected reactions to smart financial decisions brought to you by FeedThePig.org. Well, I finally did it. I improved my credit score. You're kidding, right? Uh, no. How are we supposed to be the bad boys of electrosynth pop if you're out there being responsible? The band is about to be discovered. This is our year. Uh, yeah, you've been saying that for a while now. You think anyone in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame was worried about their credit score? I never really thought that Of you're... course they weren't. Rock stars aren't supposed to think about that kind of stuff. We're supposed to think about how many guitars we've smashed, write aggressively sensitive power ballads, start questionable fashion trends, tragically break up and blame creative differences. All right, all right, just... I thought maybe it was time to take control of my finances, you know? Start using a budget. Get out of debt. Set some goals. A budget? Debt? Set some goals? Listen, I knew that we'd have our creative differences, but I was hoping they'd involve a little more scandal. When it comes to financial stability, don't get left behind. Get tools and tips for saving at feedthepig.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. All right. We're back on the bright side with Technicia, and I'm your host, Technicia, and I hope that you're enjoying the time with Dre and I. We're talking about spirituality, but we're getting into playing the game out here in life. Also, we have a book out for kids, too, so we didn't leave them out. If you have any questions for Dre, please call in at 347-426-3751. If you want to chat with me on the box and a little shy, you can also do that, but that's what we're talking about. We got step from out of the shyness today and really come on out. Let let that inner roar come on out today. So, Dre, 
um, I know that we covered a, a few of the principles. I think that there were two more principles that we probably didn't go over um, mm-hmm. in the beginning. I think it was the P, because I know that we did, um, let me see, I know that we did, which ones we did? We did the W. We talked about the W. Um, witness yourself as a responsible person. Um, we talked a little bit about energize your commitment and open up to clear and active communication. I think the only two were perception is key and relate to the world with gratitude. Right. Um, and actually, we did kind of cover uh, perception is key because okay. all of the con- the whole conversation that we're having about the way you see yourself. Why right, that is perception. Yes, exactly. That is all part of that principle. Um, but one thing that I want to say about that one, uh, which I think is so critical to playing powerfully in life, is to really take a step back from yourself and actually really pay attention to the way that you see yourself because it is all about you. You know, I don't know if we know, but the only person that's ever playing in the game with us at the same time, all the time, is us. Everybody else, the situations, the people, the circumstances, all that stuff changes around you, but you're always only the the only person that's always there with you. So the way you interact with the world has everything to do with how you see yourself and your place in the world. Just like uh, you mentioned earlier, um, what I said in the book about when I was younger, I would have never thought I was, would be talking to you right now, let alone to anybody else. I was extremely shy. You know, I was literally the child in the class. I don't know if there's any teachers listening, and I've been a teacher. I know that kid. I was that kid who, no matter what you did, that person, that child would not speak. I was that kid. Like, all of my report cards were like, man, she's such a smart girl. She never speaks. I have to, like, pull things out of her, you know. And it was always like that. Even when I was in high school, like, I was so quiet. I thought I was invisible. I literally believed that. I thought that if... I started walking down the hallway, and I just didn't move out of anybody's way. They could just walk right through me. I just had that belief. Like, I literally had that as a thought about myself. I was like, I'm invisible. Nobody sees me. Nobody cares about what I have to say. Nobody, anything. I just really felt like that. So I lived my life that way. And it wasn't until I was a adult. And mind you, I was the valedictorian of my high school class, so and the senior class president, don't ask me how that happened. I think they just was like, she could do the job, because if it was a popularity <laughs> contest, I, I'm telling you, <laughs> that wouldn't have done it. You know, but at the end of the day, I had those positions, and I had to make a speech at graduation. That was that was my first speaking engagement, literally, when I was a senior in high school. Um, but it wasn't until I was in my 20s, actually mid-20s, um, that it started to dawn on me that I really had something to say and that I was just carrying around this this idea of myself as being this shy person. And so I wouldn't let my light shine. Like I had so much that I could share with people and I didn't believe that I was the person that could do it. I just didn't have that. But when I was in my 20s, right around the time when I, when I wrote that book and I realized how much people were invested in what I had to share with them, it did start to manifest itself in that way. And I started to, like I told you before, the more you put it out there, the more you really start to believe it because then you see the evidence of it. And 
I changed completely the way that I saw myself. I had to make a decision to see myself as someone that when they speak, the world listens. I had to create that for myself and then work on becoming that person because I knew it was there, you know. It was just a matter of do I continue to subscribe to I'm just a shy person or do I follow the path that seems to have been given to me, the one that's pulling me, like I said before, where it just tells you you've got to be doing this, and that's what you're supposed to be doing, period. Do I do that? And do I create a personality or a way of seeing myself that matches that? Or do I continue to just see myself as a shy person? It's your choice. Except what I chose was I'm going to follow this path, and I'm going to have to shed who I've known myself to be to become who I know I'm supposed to be. So that's what I would encourage people to do today, to look at those places in your life where you see yourself as someone who who doesn't serve the world or someone who won't serve you in your in your greater good and the things that you need to accomplish in life. If you see yourself of, you know, oh, I'm just too lazy, I'm too I'm just a procrastinator, you know, I'm not good with money, I'm not this, I'm you know, pay attention to the way that you see yourself in relation to certain things. And then you get to make a choice or whether or not you're gonna to continue to play that tune and be that person or you're gonna to choose to be someone different. Because it's all your choice at the end of the day. And when you make that right. choice, that's when, you know, being a responsible – all of these these um, principles go together. They they integrate into each other, um, which is why I said, you know, just one of them will change your life. But all of them together, boy, that's a powerful weapon right there, you know, because it all comes – at the end of the day, it all comes from a decision for you to decide that who you're going to be is this person and then living – into who that person is because you get to decide that that, i think that's the main thing though technicia for people to understand there is no stagnant you there is no just way that you are there's there's a way that you might have been being you know and there's a way that you mm -hmm, go ahead and we also dre to me we also got to stop planning to what others want you to be Mm -hmm. we always think that success or your worthiness is measured by the big job the fancy house the material objects and 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 this and, and, of course, all the nonsense that you create up in your head, I mean, yeah, it's it's fine and dandy, but it, it's not happiness if that's not what you really want. You know, you can – it feels like you're in a box. So yeah. you got to try to break out of that box. And you you know what else I like about your book, too, Dre? Because at the kind of going, I think, like towards the end when you was mentioning about um, graduating from Cornell University in 2000 in 2001 and how you really had no set idea of sort of what you wanted to be, but then the, the, you had one of them aha moments that most of us always do. That aha moment came and this is what you, you felt like that was your calling. I want to be a teacher. I know I probably don't have the, the exact grades to do this, but I'm going to do this anyway because I'm Dre. That's how I feel like you were saying, I'm Dre and I'm going to do this. I don't care what you got to say. I'm, I'm going to still apply for this, and you did it. That and, and it's amazing because that's all it sometimes takes. We don't know which direction we're going, but I feel like God has a – he does. He has a purpose and a mission for all of us. We're down here for a reason. We are in these vessels for a reason. We're not just down here to fornicate and lust or whatever, sin all day. 
we are here for a purpose, but we got to we we got to know what that purpose is. Sometimes you got to get on your knees and pray about it. Ask God tell you what He wants you to do, and mm-hmm. He'll lead you to that guidance. So that's how I felt about that that part. It was so inspiring to know. Oh, this is exactly what I want to do. I want to become a teacher, even though you were the fearful kind in school, the shy one, didn't want to do a lot of talking. But it's it's amazing though. It's really awesome. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm and I'm glad that you mentioned that particular example because it really plays into what we were just talking about, how all you got to do is make a decision and be committed to that decision. And the pieces come by themselves if you're looking, if you're paying attention, if you're listening to yourself. That's all that was because there's no way in the world I would have known that I would have ended up in a district with a, with a superintendent that was just going to do me a favor. And that program is not easy to get in. I have a friend who's applied three times and still hasn't gotten in. But, you know, she's a power player, so she's still trying. She's like, look, this is what I want to do. So by hook or crook, some way I'm getting in this program. And I believe her. You know, it might take her another six times, or it might just happen the same way. Somebody just give her a shot. Like, look, I've seen her application three times already <laughs> put it in the program. But, you know, it doesn't matter. You never know the way. God is the one that makes the way, but you got to be committed to the process. And he's not going to give you anything that you're not committed to, period. Right. Why do that? Who's going to do that? You wouldn't do that either. If you were a teacher, mm-hmm. as a parent, you know, as a friend to anybody, you can't be more committed to someone than they are to yourself. You can stand for them, and you can constantly give them the encouragement, the inspiration, the motivation to make a change. But if they don't ever choose to do it, you can't do it for them. And it's the same way, you know, in this situation, except it's more on a, a higher power and it's more a higher level. So when you make a commitment to something, all of a sudden you will see the pieces forming that you didn't never have anything to do with. So that actually was a perfect example because I totally never applied to that program. I just wrote the letters the first time and it showed up from there. I probably go down in history as the only person that graduated from that program without applying you know, right. but I, and that's what, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Now I was just saying, I just, I know in my heart, that's why I put that one in the book. Like I was dead set. I told my mom, mom I don't know how I'm going to get in this program, but I'm going to be in that program. And she's like, girl, <laughs> my mother know from when I was younger, she was like, I don't mess with you. You say it's going to happen. That's what's going to happen. And I was like, right. I, I, exactly. Mom, that's right. <laughs> and in my head, right. I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. But right. You don't let nothing stop you no matter what. No matter what the circumstances are, they were cheering out watching on Good Morning America. They they grew up homeless. It was a girl and a boy, and they ended up being valedictorians for their high school. So you don't mm-hmm. let no situation stop you just because, oh, you don't have the grades for this. Sometimes, and I I might need to take that, what I'm saying, practice what you preach, like Barry White would say. Okay. I need to take what I'm saying and use it. I don't, well, certain jobs I would not apply for because my focus is on, news reporting, but, you know, I will go for production assistant, whatever, just to get my foot in the door right now, because I'm mm-hmm. still angling for that. I don't know if it will come about. I don't want to say it's God's will. I can't get it. Maybe I'm not pushing myself farther enough. I, I don't know, but hopefully one day I will get in the door, and if not, I'll just, I just keep on doing my radio show, because it makes me happy. It's still part of communication. I love to talk to people, so... That's that's what I will keep on doing. Right, absolutely. And I would say even right now, like you're on the perfect track. If you know, like at the end of the day, I don't know if it's, it's the 
um, production assistant that you're aiming for, but whatever that high goal is, like it may not have to come in the form of, you know, a certain way, but you can always just be doing what you love and then the pieces will fall into place. Like I didn't know I wanted to be a speaker. I knew I wanted to be a teacher. And even though, like, I first was led to being a school teacher, I'm still a teacher right now. And I'm in the – this is the best place I ever want to be in my life. I'm still a teacher. I may not teach kids in a classroom. That wasn't the way. That was the way initially. That's how I got, you know, to teaching. That was part of the path. But when it's all said and done, what I'm doing right now is I'm teaching people about how to be powerful in their life, which that is my calling. Right, and that was your call. See, God knows your heart. You know, it made me think about Romans. I think that's Romans chapter 1, verse 21. Sometimes you can. You can know God, but if we don't honor him or give thanks to him, it can become fruitful, and our thinking and our foolish hearts can be darkened. You know, a lot of times we go around, yeah, Lord, God, and all this sounding real good. Because as my pastor told me, you got false prophets. People could preach all day, sound real good. They make they made the Lord sound right, and and then you come out find out they just they don't know a lick about the Bible. They just feeding off what they heard or what they think they know. And right. and I'm glad that you I'm glad you doing prosperous and what you want to actually do. This came to pass for you. I think all of us are teachers, even if some of us are doing the wrong way, and all of us are students. Even if we're learning the wrong way, so we we all are teachers and students. Some of us do it the bad way, some of us do it the good way, and Dre's doing it the good way. And Dre, I really do thank you for coming on to the show, and I hope everybody get out there and be powerful, be a powerful player, not not the negative player. So <laughs> I just want to clarify that not the negative player, guys and women. We're we're not talking about this, so that's why you need to go. And pick up this book because I know where your mind's going. It's going left field. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. It's going right left field. You thinking already bad? Look at you. Shame on you. Uh, but Dre, how can the listeners get in contact with you if they wanted to? Um, well, they can definitely find me on Facebook. That's my home. I'm always on Facebook. Um, and they could just find me at Dre Cleveland, or they could um like our fan page at the Power Players Club. Powerfully positive, the Power Players Club. That's what it says. Or visit our website at www.thepowerplayersclub.com. Um, and, you know, those are pretty much the easiest ways to contact me. But you could be my friend on Facebook. I always respond. Right. Now, Dre, are you having any more upcoming projects or books coming out? Um, I do. I have a book that I will be completing before the end of this year that I started five years ago. But it's my first fiction piece. Well, not my first. It'll be your first published fiction piece called Love and Pain. Um, okay. And um, I'm going to be in Puerto Rico in August speaking at a wonderful right. conference I'm excited about because I've never been to Puerto Rico. So that's going to be exciting. And oh, it is. Uh, in December, we'll be doing our annual Empower University, also known as Empower You, the University for Your Life. Uh, where we'll be having multiple speakers training on their version of how to be powerful in particular areas of your life that are important to you. So your finances, your relationships, your health, um, all those all those areas of life that are important. So that'll be coming in December. So definitely keep up with me. Um, find me on Facebook so that 
we can stay in contact and I can let you know about all those things. Oh, well, we definitely will, and I'll make sure of that, that we keep up with you, Dre. I do thank you again for sitting down with us and talking with us, and I hope everybody be glad to purchase your book. It, it's a wonderful having a guest like you on the show. Thank you so much, and thank you for having me. Appreciate oh, you're that. welcome. You have a blessed one, Dre. You take care. You too. Bye-bye. Well, everyone, let's not forget today is Black Music Month. If you feel like calling in, do so at 347-426-3751. We're celebrating it all. We're going back with jazz, the rap, the cabaret, anything that you could possibly think of, we are doing it. I do appreciate the guests, the two guests that I have on right now in the chat room. Yes, I, I see you right now. Don't think I forgot about you. Um I know I couldn't get one guest to speak up, but I know one of them is Heather. She She's always on. So I appreciate you, Heather, so much for being on the show today with me. And guest 508, I guess that's what I could call you. I thank you, too, for being on the show. But it's not over just yet. We still got a little more time on because I made this show committed to just the fact that it was Black Music Month. Now, we all probably can remember Bill Withers. You know Bill Withers, ain't no sunshine, and lean on me. Withers arrived in Los Angeles in 1967. His self-financed demos on which Watts 103rd Street band member Ray Jackson served as arranger and keyboardist led Jackson to introduce him to Forrest Hamilton. Hamilton then introduced Withers to Clarence Avant of Sussex Records, who taped Booker T. Jones to produce Bill's debut album. The result, this resulted in the album Just As I Am with the Grammy winning Ain't No Sunshine and the Much Love Grandma's Hands. His second album, Still Bill, launched as a Stone Soul masterpiece by Rolling Stone magazine. Delivered soon to be standards, Lean On Me and Use Me. Bill Withers lived at Carnegie Hall, followed. After the release of Jessamyn in 1974, Withers Making Music, Making Friends Showcase, More Classics, Hello Like Before, and Make Love to Your Mind. 1976, Naked and Warm with the idyllic love song to his adopted home, City of the Angels. 1977's Mark Menagiri with the much-covered Lovely Day. And 1979, Bout Love and the single Don't It Make It Better, a top 30 R&B single. Continued the run of top charting releases. Just the two of us with Grover Washington Jr. with the career pinnacle, Garnering four Grammy nominations with Withers accepting the award for Best R&B Song. Soul Shadows with the Crusaders marked an additional collaborative project of the period. And in the name of love with Ralph McDonald received a 1984 Grammy nomination for vocal performance. McDonald received a 1984 Grammy nomination for vocal performance. 1985, Mark Withers' final project for Columbia with Watching You, Watching Me, and the R.B. Chart single, Oh Yeah. Here's the Bill Epic catalog of hits, everyone. I say Bill Withers, and I hope that you really enjoy this. So sit back, take out your coffee, and take take off your shoes, because ain't no sunshine, but it is on the bright side with Technicia. Ain't no sunshine when she's gone It's not warm when she's away 
Ain't no sunshine when she's gone And she's always gone too long Anytime she goes away Wonder this time where she's gone Wonder if she's gonna stay Ain't no sunshine when she's gone And this house just ain't no home Anytime she goes away And I know, I know Sunshine when she's gone Only darkness every day Ain't no sunshine when she's gone It's just how just ain't no home Anytime she goes away All right, Bill Willis ain't no sunshine, but we're not done just yet. We got a little bit more to go.
World Cup? I hope so. USA has been really, really putting it in. They have. Um, they're really they're really trying to make a good comeback, and I'm very proud of them. You know, like I said, even if you're really not into it, it really gets you, it really gets you motivated, really, because it's so exciting just to see all these different countries come together and, and play. I think today is USA is versus Germany, and then it's Portugal playing against Ghana today. Um, so that's who we're expecting right now. But right now it's zero to zero for um, United States and Germany. It's one to zero for Portugal and Ghana. They're in the second half at the moment for both of them. Then we have. Algeria and Russia, they'll be playing at 4 p.m. Eastern. Then Korea Republic will be playing Belgium also. So just just make sure that we keep our eyes out. Have have anyone heard of the 2014 Soccer theme song? Because I have it right now on my computer, so I'm going to play it, see what you think of it.
All right, that was the World Cup theme song for this year. I mean, the USA Soccer Fever is even gripping celebs to sharing their pride on Twitter. Even Will Ferrer, he's joining U.S. World Cup team, and he's out to bite every German player. Will, be quiet. <laughs> I say he always cracks me up. But we just lost another one um, this this week. The good, the bad, and the ugly actor Eli Wallach, he died in 98. I hope I pronounced his name right because I definitely don't want to mess up anyone's name. Um, so we end up losing another one, like I said. Uh, so our condolences go out to his family and, and everything. I tell you, you never know when your time is up, but when it is, I hope that you lived a prosperous life out here. Not too many of us are able to see that age anymore. We're losing so many before they even get to the age of 30 or 40 now. So to make it 98, that is a blessing. Um, Coming up tomorrow will be Miss Marcia Sims. We'll be talking about how to organize your life inside and outside of the home. So this will be a great little topic. And then further on, the following day after that, we'll be talking again with Mr. Hogan Healing. He'll be explaining, talking about dads behaving deadly. <laughs> to catch a little topic, but we still have enough time on the we still have enough time on the clock, and I will be right back after this.
Everybody thinks we're all Mother, who are they to judge us? Mother, mother, simply call me sweet where I have a Feeling cool and unwind. I had to hit you with a little Marvin Gaye. You want to holler? Yes, I took you on back. But stay tuned for tomorrow, and I'll see you next time. God bless you, and you enjoy your day, as I always say. Thank you for tuning in to The Bright Side with Tanisha. Come back daily from 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. God's Land.